Please pray, come Holy Spirit with me three times. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit fall down upon each of us in a unique and special way tonight. We ask for a greater understanding of the gift of the Holy Priesthood and the Holy Eucharist, the best gift your Son could ever give us, himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity. May we encounter Jesus tonight in a new way. Make all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. St. John Vianney is the patron saint of priests. And I just want to let you know what my homily is going to be about because I, sometimes I think that we can get a little bit scatterbrained. I know I can. I don't know about you because I have so many things going through my head just thinking about what was last year like. Uh, like it's really a blessing to have you all here. Just seeing all your faces, is, it wasn't that way last year, right? Um, but this is what the homily is about. I'm going to ask you to repeat it back to me. Um, But it's a prayer that St. John Vianney, patron saint of parish priests, said. And he just prayed this prayer often. And if you take anything away, I just want this to sink from your mind to your heart. And the prayer is this. Jesus, please help my heart beat in rhythm with yours. Can you repeat that back with me? Jesus, please help my heart beat in rhythm with yours. It's a beautiful prayer to unite our heart with Jesus, and there's no better way to do that than than really contemplating the mystery of the Holy Eucharist. Jesus asks us a question in our gospel today. He says, do you realize what I have done for you? That's like a huge question. Jesus, before he, he dies, is not concerned with preserving himself. You know, we've seen that during the pandemic, this spirit of self-preservation. i got to take care of myself. I need to get toilet paper. Remember those days? I need to get toilet paper. I think it's because people were full of you-know-what. But anyways. um, But Jesus is more focused on serving others and giving and giving and giving so we could know, first of all, that we are loved. We are so incredibly loved, and also that he will never leave us alone. We will never be alone. And just before he died, he gave us the holy priesthood, which allows us to receive the best gift he could ever give us, which is himself, to let us know that no matter what you are going through personally, You are not alone. And you'll never be alone. Jesus says, you call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. He says, if I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. The washing of the feet can be translated as a desire to wash clean all of those parts in your heart and my heart, in our minds and bodies, 
that are full of sin, guilt, and shame. And let's just be honest. Feet are pretty gross. So when Jesus says, you must wash your feet, I must wash your feet, he's saying to us, I know you have gross parts of your life, but they're not gross to me. And if we look at this, what's being symbolized here, Jesus is revealing his personal love for us because when a servant of a house in the ancient time of Israel, when Jesus is where he is at, that was the slave of the house who would wash people's feet. And Jesus is taking that place. He's lowering himself and just wants to look at you right in your eyes and say, I just want to clean you. I just want to wash you clean so that you can know that you're not just forgiven, but you're totally forgiven. You're not just partly redeemed. I want to redeem all of you from your feet to your hands to your head. And I want to heal you and restore you. So Jesus takes the place of a slave. This is the God of the universe. This isn't just like some, some Joe out on street. Um, he's washing the feet of his disciples. And also what he's doing for them is he is ordaining them priests so they can keep covenant. And you and I can keep covenant which is an exchange of persons. So it's flesh for flesh, life for life, body for body. So that when we hear in our second reading today, we need to do this in remembrance of him so we never forget Jesus. We need the mass. We need priests. So every time you come down the aisle to receive the body and blood of Jesus, he wants to wash you clean. And he wants you to be clean which is why it's so important that you and I are in a state of grace before we receive his body and blood. And we've taken time to examine our bodies. And as priests, we are called to offer the body and blood of Jesus for all of the dirty areas of our lives and our communities. And if Jesus can call me, to offer his body and blood, he is for sure calling some men in this church right now to be his priests. I just want to be honest, like when I first felt Jesus tugging at my heart to be his priest, I felt a lot like Peter. Peter, when he encountered Jesus, he said words like this, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Or in other, word, other words, he was saying, Lord, I have really, really dirty feet, right? And I felt very unworthy. I felt unprepared, worried about what other people would think, and it was really bad. I want to tell you two stories about how bad it was. So the first thing is my dad, he was the first person to ever ask me if I ever thought about being a priest. Now he was my, my high school baseball coach too, and we're heading to baseball practice. It's my junior year, and we're in the car, silver Volkswagen Jetta, and he looks at me and said, Zach, you'd make a good priest. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, I'm not 65. <laughs> I'm not married, and my wife didn't die yet, so I, I, in one year, out the other, right? And, in, and, and he, he saw something in me that I didn't see, clearly. Then the next one is also about, after I felt called to be a priest, I didn't know anything. I didn't know about prayer, vocations, discernment. I was a blank slate full of fear and sin and bad habits. So I thought that if I was going to tell somebody I was thinking of being a priest, 
the next day, I would be, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't know the word what ordination was, but I thought I'd be ordained. And this is where I was at mentally because I just didn't know the faith very well. I thought what would happen is I knew I had to go to like, I had to go to like a church or something, right? And I had to find some people who were kind of holy, probably priests or something. And I just imagined like these guys in like black hoods from like, you know, like the, I don't know, like the 1400 or something. And they had this special dust, right? And they would take me in a corner and sprinkle this pixie dust over me. And then that day, I'd be celebrating Mass. I'd be hearing confessions. I would be, you know, preparing people for marriage, right? So I thought, like, I didn't know what seminary was. I didn't even know it existed. And I didn't know that God wanted to literally blow my mind with being a part of his family, which is all of you. And through all of my misunderstandings, through all of my sins, all of my whatever you want to call them, Jesus has provided in ways I could never imagine. And he blessed me to go to seminary. And seminary was precisely what our gospel talked about, that washing of feet, hands, and head. Like, that's what it was for me. So time and time again, Jesus would come to me in many different ways and through many different people and through many different, different retreats to wash my feet, to wash my hands, to wash my head. And every time, he would, he would echo these words, I have given you a model to follow so that as I have done for you, you should also do. And it's very humbling as a priest because sometimes we are invited to these extremely sacred places in your lives and I often get moved to tears because I'm like, I don't know if I deserve to be here. This is because I'm a priest, but to be there for people when they're preparing a body for death and to anoint someone and to see some of these families who have kept the faith it's just like so sacred, right? Or to be with people when they ask for prayer. I've been invited to that as a lot as I've been here in Oshkosh with the prayer team. And sometimes I'm just like, wow, who am I to be here? Or to be with people when they've been away from confession for 20, 30, 40 years, and it just takes your breath away. Or to be there for people when they receive their first communion. And you actually realize they're going to come back. And it's so sacred. Or to be there for people's first confessions. Or be there for their wedding. When they've been sacrificing and praying. Or be there for people for their first confirmation. When they have battled and they know that it's going to hurt. To leave behind even sometimes family to become Catholic. And to what they thought was wrong their whole lives. Now they're going to be a part of that and to welcome them into the family, and to be the humble representative of the church as priests. God wants to blow our minds. I would like just to focus on two particular gifts tonight that when I learned about them, it made me want to be a priest even more. And more. And more. And I would like to specifically speak to the mothers and fathers out there, the grandmas and grandpas who have children and grandchildren, particularly those who have boys. You know, if your son's being called to be a priest or if you think he might be called to be a priest, 
God is going to bless you in ways you could never imagine. Tonight is a night where, where men are really called, you know, if you're dating and you're engaged and you're not married, you're called to keep your heart open to give Jesus your heart and ask Jesus, is it your will that I am called to be your priest? I say it all the time and I mean it, but I love being a priest and every year I'm ordained a priest and I'm more happy. I recently was with 10 brother priests after the chrism mass where we bless all the oils that will be presented here in a moment. And afterwards, one of the priests who was ordained for 22 years, he says, this is the happiest I've ever been as a priest. Every year I get more happy and more happy and more happy. I'm like, who can say that, right? And the life of a priest is, is a, a life of deep joy. And the joy is not a worldly joy, it's a heavenly joy. And it'll bring a man to his knees in the gift and honor of being with people when they just have a new child. You know, when they're, they just lost a loved one or when they're just in need of some hope. The two things I'd like to talk about tonight are items that a priest gives his mother and father after his first mass. The first one is the gift for the mother. I know when my mom found out about this, you know, she's a convert, she was Lutheran, and when she became Catholic, she's like, I like being Lutheran, but I love being Catholic, right? And when she heard about this particular item, this is called, this is actually, uh, it's a manaturgium, what, you, what they use at your ordination. And the bishop takes the chrism oil and he consecrates your hands so you can confect the Eucharist, so you can absolve sins. And afterwards, and our bishop, by the way, he uses lots of chrism oil. It, my manaturgium was, was totally dripping. But he wraps your hands in this in a certain way and he, and then you, you, are able to put that in like a bag and you go back and wrap it up. But then afterwards, what I did is I put mine in a box. And my particular one was made out of my mom's wedding dress. And on one end, it had stitched in there their, my parents' wedding anniversary, like when they got married, and it also had my ordination date. So at my first mass, I gifted my mother the manaturgium. And then when she passes, which will not be like the most fun day of my life, but when she passes, her hands will be wrapped in the manaturgium as a symbol to show, Jesus, I gave you a priest who confected the Eucharist, right? Who laid hands on others. To say that Jesus will always let you know that you are not alone. And for my dad, my father, he received my first confessional stole. And that stole was, once I, I heard my first confession, immediately I put it in a box, and then I gave that to my dad at my first, after my first Mass, my Mass of Thanksgiving. And then my dad's hands, when he passes, will be wrapped in that confessional stole to say, Jesus, I gave you a priest who washed the feet of others by absolving their sins, washed their hands by absolving their sins, right? So we could keep the command to do this in memory of you and to follow the model.
And these things, what they do, the priesthood, what the Eucharist does, is what it allows us to do is allows our hearts to beat in rhythm with the heart of Jesus. And the heart of Jesus, if you lean in like John, the beloved disciple, did at the Last Supper, which is also the First Supper, oddly enough, you lean in, he puts his head, and he's, he's tuning his heart to Jesus' heart. And he says, here's his heartbeat, and his heart beats, and it says, I love you, I love you, I love you. And if you and I know that we are loved, that changes everything. That makes us act better instead of acting bitter. And every time our heart gets out of rhythm, we go to confession and we get our feet washed, right, by the priest. Get our hands washed, get our, our head washed. And we come to Mass. And sometimes we don't even know why we're there. But it's just to remind you that you will never be alone. And our world struggles with loneliness. And the priest is always meant to be a symbol that Jesus will never abandon you. As we enter into this Mass, we lift up our prayers in thanksgiving for those priests that have walked with us, those priests that maybe have hurt us, and we lift them up in prayer and say, Lord, we pray for them because we need your prayers and we thank you for your prayers. But also, in order to do this in memory of him, to confect the Eucharist, to make this bread change into the body of Jesus, the wine to change into his blood, we need priests. And every time that we look at the patent and every time we look into the chalice, what we're doing is we're thinking of all of you. And we're lifting up the bread and wine and asking the Lord to bless it, to help our people know that they are loved, and to help that one person who just told us they had cancer, that one person who just told us their marriage is falling apart, that one person who just told us they're so excited because they finally got a job, that one person who just told us they might be doing something that they never thought they'd be doing and they're scared, they need hope, and we're lifting all that up, but we need to do it with you to know that we need the priesthood and we need the Holy Eucharist so our hearts never get out of sync, out of rhythm with the heart of Jesus. And sometimes we just need to slow down and we need just to pause just to acknowledge that because our world likes to move us so quickly and that's why the liturgy is meant to slow us down and be more contemplative. So we do that. We just take a moment to pause and to say that simple prayer in our heart, Jesus, help my heart beat in rhythm with yours. And if you pray that prayer often, with as much faith as you can, your heart will change into the heart of Jesus. And when you hear him say, I love you, I love you, I love you, then what you say back to others is, I love you, I love you, I love you. And if you know you're loved, game changer. And he gives us his heart in the Holy Eucharist tonight. As we enter into this holy and sacred triduum, I just want to say thank you for allowing me and the priest to be here to serve you. And the priest takes the place of a slave, a servant, to wash the feet of the people so that they may no longer say, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. They may say, Lord, I'm a child of God. I'm a beloved son or a beloved daughter. And I thank you 
for finding me worthy when I often feel unworthy. We pause to rest in him, to place our ears on the heart of Jesus and just let him speak to us to tell us he loves us. And again, if we know we're loved, that changes everything. Amen.